Lord, we just thank you. What a privilege. What an honor. What a, what a joy it is to be able to worship you, to be able to sing to you. And thank you for the joy of, as we've sung to you this morning, that the veil has come off our eyes, that you have opened more to us of your beauty, of your nature, of who you are, that we've been able to see more of this incredible and most amazing God that we serve and love and who loves us so much. And we just want to honor you, say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for just how good you are, how beautiful you are, how amazing you are, Lord God. And you overwhelm our hearts this morning, our lives. And as your people, Lord God, we cannot but respond and say you are so good. Every time we worship, Lord, we taste and see that the Lord is good. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us ever. Your presence is always with us. Thank you, Father, for presence of Holy Spirit. Even here right now as I try and embark on, on sharing the word, Lord, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come as the spirit of wisdom and revelation and bring understanding and truth to our hearts and to our minds, Lord God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, it is always an absolute honor and a privilege to share the word of the Lord to you. And uh, um, I trust this morning that the Holy Spirit will enable me to um, share it in simplicity, that we can get more understanding of just how amazing and how God is, how good God is. I am convinced that there are two things that the enemy has really worked hard on to try and convince um, the world, firstly, um, that God isn't good. So he's tried to bring confusion to the nature and the character of God, and he's also tried to uh, bring confusion to who the church is. And uh, I believe that part of this time in the lockdown, uh, as I shared, that God was wanting to encounter us and to draw us closer and, uh, and to just um, encounter Him again and just bring some adjustment to our hearts, bring understanding, um, just position ourselves for greater things in Him and, and greater revelation. And in doing that, I, just, I really believe that Holy Spirit and understanding the Holy Spirit is key. And uh, what the enemy has tried to do is he's tried to get the world and everybody to think that God is this bad guy and he's angry with us. And uh, there's just this real negative picture of God. And the Bible's very clear that there is only one who comes to rob, kill, and destroy. That is the devil. Whereas uh, um, God is full of love, full of kindness, full of goodness. So it's as if the enemy, the serpent, comes in and bites and then sneaks away and then and God takes the blame. And uh, so I really believe that the church's responsibility is to change that. But the only way that the church can change that is firstly to understand who they are. Once they understand who they are, they can take that spirit of ugliness off the bride uh, and represent Jesus well and be the bride that he's called them to be, uh, and then we can represent God well and display just how amazing and how beautiful he is and how much he does really love us. 
and that he is after us and that he's not the one who's robbing, killing, and destroying. He's the one who came to give life and that it's the enemy who's trying to come and take away when God's trying to add and to bless us. And um, last week I, I spoke a little bit about um, Holy Spirit and because it was we were celebrating Pentecost, I want to encourage every single one of us, Pentecost for the true believer is not an event. It doesn't happen once a year. Pentecost is every single day. Uh, we get filled with Holy Spirit. So it wasn't just a once-off, um, but it was a reminder again to us about how important Holy Spirit is. And this is the key that I want to try and encourage and talk a little bit this morning is just how powerful and how beautiful Holy Spirit is and how important Holy Spirit is in our lives. And, uh, do you know, um, the early church didn't have the New Testament, but they had Holy Spirit. We have the New Testament, but we think we can do what the early church did without Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit. We desperately need Holy Spirit. In fact, the, the New Testament was written about the Acts of the disciples and of the early church and Holy Spirit. So it's actually written about the story of Holy Spirit in a believer's life. And uh, so I, I want to just encourage us this morning and just start off maybe first of all by just painting the picture of understanding of this incredible life of Christ, uh, this journey that he undertook, where for 30 years we don't really know much about what he did, but at 30, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then from 30, he began to minister powerfully uh, and do the most amazing, wonderful signs and wonders and miracles. And so even Christ's life, he had to wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit and able to do what he needed to do. So even Christ, everything that Christ did, he needed Holy Spirit to do it. He was fully God, but he was fully man. And he had to represent man because he... He couldn't fulfill the law as God, otherwise he wouldn't have been our representation. So he had to fulfill the law as man. So he had to be perfect. He had to walk everything that needed to be walked so that he could fulfill the law and be our substitute and our, and our representative as man. So we look at the life of Christ and we see something amazing. We see that Jesus was, had a relationship with God. He was, even at 12 years old, he was uh, caught up in the, in the temple talking to the, to the priests and that they were marveling at how, how much knowledge he had. Um, and we see a journey of, of him um, with a relationship with God. But we only see after he gets filled with the Holy Spirit, we see this powerful uh, life of miracle signs and wonders. And I know I didn't really get to it last week, but I, I, you know, in, in, in Mark chapter 5, it talks about um, the woman with the issue of blood reaching out, touching the hem of Jesus' garment, getting healed, power flowed from her. And uh, what I never read last week, but I'll just quickly read it now, is when you just skip over to the next chapter in chapter 6, and you read the end of chapter 6, it's just, this is just such a powerful uh, a verse. Right at the end of the chapter 56, I think it is, and wherever he came, in villages, cities, and countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that he might come and they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. There is an incredible, powerful picture of Jesus walking around, the woman with the issue of blood pushing through the crowd, touching him and going, power flowed out of me. And then just a little while later, he's going to every single city and village and country, every single place where he went. People were crowding and coming in and they just touched him. There was such a presence on Jesus, such a power that was flowing through his life that just by touching his garment, they were getting healed. 
It's just a revelation understanding here what a life filled with the Holy Spirit, a life with no sin, filled with the Holy Spirit can do. Friends, when Jesus Christ died on the cross and took away our sin, we are lives that sin has been taken care of. So we do not have sin as a problem in our life anymore. So we are a representation of a life without sin filled with Holy Spirit. This is what we as the people of God, as the church can walk in. This is what God's called us to walk in so that we can represent him well. Here's the 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 reality that cuts to the heart of it is we see the early church operating in power and authority. We see the early church moving in signs and wonders and miracles powerfully. We see the early church with this relationship with the Holy Spirit where uh, even Paul could say it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. When he went here, he would say, the Holy Spirit, he stopped me from going there. The Holy Spirit let me go here. There was this incredible relationship. Even with Philip in Acts chapter eight, when uh, it says the angel of the Lord speaks to Philip and says, go down to Samaria. Philip goes down there, and then when he's there, uh, and and the Ethiopian uh, eunuch comes along on his chariot, it says, the Spirit of the Lord said to Paul, Paul, um, uh, to Philip. Philip had an understanding and a relationship where he knew the difference between an angel speaking and the Spirit speaking. That's the closeness that they had with Holy Spirit. And as they journeyed with Holy Spirit, there was such an amazing sense of awe, of love, and the presence of God that it says that, People didn't even dare join them, not because they were scared of them and they were scary, but because there was such an awe, the presence of the Lord was there. This wasn't a game. This wasn't just a a nice little social club. This was a commitment of the heart. This was a surrendering of a life so that Holy Spirit could consume. Friends, the fire of God is coming. Whether you and I like it or not, the fire of God is coming. The all-consuming fire is coming. And I wanna encourage every single one of you, it doesn't matter if the wood is dry, it doesn't matter if the wood is soaked with water, when the fire comes, friends, it will consume all the wood and including burnt stones, hard stones, any stones, it consumed even the stones. Elisha called fire down from heaven and the fire of God came. Friends, it doesn't matter, right now, the earth is groaning. And I want to encourage you this morning, when it says the earth is groaning, friends, it's not the earth, the groanings are going, oh, we just love you guys, we like you, you're so nice. No, the earth is groaning, friends, they are upset. They are bitter, they are angry, they are hurt, they are groaning. But what are they groaning for? They're groaning for the sons and daughters of God. And what does the Bible say? Romans 8, it says, those many as are led by the Spirit are the sons and daughters of God. The earth is groaning for people that are led by the Spirit of God, people that are filled with the Spirit of God. It wasn't long in the early church, 70, 80 years later, when suddenly a whole bunch of other stuff started to drift in. Paul was writing saying, who has bewitched you? What you received by the Spirit, are you now back to trying to earn it? A whole bunch of things came in where the church got less and less powerful. Friends, Jesus did not want to leave his church powerless. He wanted to leave his church filled with Holy Spirit. He didn't want millions of people trying to come to Jesus to get a touch of Holy Spirit. He wanted Holy Spirit to be in millions of people.
I'm not even sure where I want to jump in here, but I, I, I want to just say this very quickly too. I want to emphasize that in the Word of God, it is very clear that there is a difference between when we get born again or when our, our lives get renewed, when our spirit man is made alive, when we get transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. However you uh, want to understand that is when you cut to the heart, there's repentance, when you accept or receive Jesus, whatever these different words people use, but it's simply a surrender of a life is when we yield our life over to the Lordship, the rule and reign of Christ. He comes into our life. The Bible says it calls that being born again because we die to that old life. We're renewed again by Christ and the Holy Spirit comes and fills us and uh, unites and we become one heart and one spirit with him. That's called the born-again experience. But, friends, in the Bible, it's very clear that baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's mentioned as baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's mentioned as um, to be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's, it's the gift of the Holy Spirit, friends, is a completely separate and different event that happens in our lives. We need to be filled by Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Our, the Holy Spirit needs to come and consume and fill our lives. And it's in a separate event uh, to being born again. We must know that. And so as a church, we've got to understand that God has given us a mandate and a purpose that requires us to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and able to do what He's called us to do and to be able to display uh, the nature and the character of God. I want us to first realize and understand that. And then I also want us to understand that in Ephesians chapter 5, I think it's verse, um, around about verse 18, uh, it talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And when it talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not talking about a once-off event. Because if you study there and you study the Greek, you will realize that it's in the present continuous tense. So it's about continually being filled. If you read in the Bible, you'll see in Acts chapter 2, this incredible outpouring of Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 4, uh, around 30, 31, you see they were all in the room. It was shaken because they'd been um, arrested and taken before the, the, the Pharisees and asked a whole bunch of questions and told to keep quiet. And they said, we can't keep quiet. You see, when the Holy Spirit is inside of you, you can't keep quiet. And, uh, and then they went into the upper room all together and the whole place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again. So there is this continual infilling of Holy Spirit that we need as the people of God in order to do what God's called us to do. So this morning, I want to just walk through a couple of little things to just help us maybe understand some of this. And, uh, and then um, just uh, 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 at the end, I just want to emphasize a couple of key things. Um, as, as the people of God, the first thing to, we need to do is understand who we are. To understand who we are, we need to also break off, off our mindsets and our, our thinking about that we were just sinners. And Christ came to die for sinners. Because Christ didn't come to die for sinners, friends. Christ came to die for, a, for lost sons and daughters. So he didn't just come to take care of sin. He didn't just come to expose sin. He came to remove sin. And when you remove the veil of sin, when you took sin off, then you saw who we really are. That's a son and a daughter of God. And as a son and a daughter of God, friends, we need to understand this. We need to understand that Christ has incredible value for you and I. Incredible value for you and I. He gave everything 
The price that he paid was so astronomical, so massive, so huge, biggest price ever paid. So we must be very valuable to God. The Bible says that you and I are the temple. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God thinks we're so valuable that we can actually house Holy Spirit. That we would be a place, a resting place, a housing for God himself. Holy Spirit, not being, we shared last week, not being a power, not being some influence, not being some uh, uh, weird dove, but Holy Spirit being a person, that the personhood of God, of the Trinity, part of the Trinity, would be able to come and be housed inside of us. And I want to encourage and say this straight away. I want to say that his name is Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit wants to come and live inside of you and I. I can just up front now ask you the question, what would that look like if Holy Spirit came and lived inside of you? If you and I were the temple of Holy Spirit. That's why just simply when Peter, and it's funny that it's Peter who's writing it. In one Peter 1, I think it's verse 16. It says, be ye holy as he is holy. It doesn't say do holy, it says be holy. Be holy because Holy Spirit is inside of us. Friends, God's calling us to a higher walk and a higher calling that allows Holy Spirit to not just be inside of us, but to be upon us, to surround us, to consume us like an all-consuming fire that our lives can demonstrate once again who God has called us to be. So I just want us to go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, I'm going to read a few verses out of there and then try and pull this all together as best I can. But just before John chapter 15, if you just read the verses just before, so the last verses of chapter 14, I love these verses, so we can just read them. I said, I will no longer talk with you, talking to the disciples, for the ruler of this world is coming. If we can understand, friends, that we, there is a war going on and that God created this earth perfect, but Adam and Eve surrendered authority to Satan when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they ate of that tree and they surrendered authority to, to um, Satan, he became the ruler of this world. And Jesus came back to restore back authority back to his church so that we could take back authority. But there is a fight going on between the people of God and the ruler of this world, Satan and his demonic realm. But I love what Jesus says here. He says, he has no claim on me. I love that. When we live a life that's dedicated to Christ, that's full of Christ, that's full of Holy Spirit, that's being led by Holy Spirit, then Satan has no claim on us. But Jesus says he has no claim on me. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here. Friends, Jesus said, I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. The way the world knows that we love the Father is when we do what God has commanded us to do. Friends, there's far too many people walking around. Oh, I love God. I love God. 
but it doesn't matter that I do this, that, and the other. It doesn't matter that I'm sneaking off to my computer and watching naughty things. It doesn't matter what my lifestyle is like. It doesn't matter how I operate at work, how I treat my workers, how I do, but I love God. Friends, my Bible tells me that the world can see that I love the Father if I do as he commanded me. And the Bible, throughout the whole Bible, God keeps reiterating and saying, if you love me, keep my commandments. There's a love of God, friends. There's an understanding of the love of God as we walk in obedience to who God is. But that's another preach for another day. But it's just beautiful here how Jesus is declaring and speaking as the Father has commanded me so, so that the world I obey, so that the world may know the love of the Father. It's beautiful, friends. We need to represent God well. We want the world to know the love of the Father. How amazing God is and what a beautiful Father He is. And the way we can do that is by being obedient. But anyway, John chapter 15, verse, from verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that your joy, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Isn't this beautiful? When we're looking at this, we're seeing this beautiful analogy between the father who's the vine dresser or the, or the vineyard keeper. We see Jesus as the vine and we are the branches. And the emphasis here in this context is about bearing fruit. It's very interesting here that God is interested in his people, the branches, bearing fruit. Our lives are about bearing fruit. By bearing fruit, friends, it's, it demonstrates who God is. There's no point to a branch not bearing fruit. If it doesn't bear fruit, it even says there that it, it is removed. It's about bearing fruit and being even more fruitful. Um, and don't you find it interesting in verse 3 here where it says, um, he, he just simply introduces something kind of out of context. He says, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. He just throws that in there. But what I, when I studied this, I found out that the word clean there, is the same word that they use here for prune. Katharos, katharos is the Greek word. The root word is the same word. Isn't it interesting here, Jesus speaking is talking about the branches being in the vine, and he says, "Where?" It, he, see, God's not interested in that they look good. The vine can be all beautiful. Woo, look at me, look at me. But if there's no fruit, Jesus said, I don't mind if you don't look good, I'm going to prune you so that you can bear fruit because the point is to bear fruit, friends. Friends, the reality is the church has tried to look good with no fruit. 
But listen to what it says here because it's the same word. Already you are clean because the word that I, because of the word that I've spoken to you. Same Greek word here about pruning. Already you are clean. Already the disciples, talking to the disciples, were being pruned by God because of the word that he was speaking to them. So how were we pruned? We pruned by listening to the word of God. By listening to the word of God, they're being pruned. They were already clean so they could bear fruit. And then as they bore fruit, he would prune them some more so they could bear more fruit. Friends, this was a, 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 an exercise of abundance and fruitfulness. It shows us that God is such an amazing, loving father. He wants us to be so fruitful. And then throughout this whole, these verses that I've read, he, he's talking about abiding in him and him abiding in us. This word abiding, I wanna, I wanna concentrate on it. It's talking about a vine and us being connected into the vine and us staying connected, constantly uh, being uh, pruned and constantly allowing the life of God to flow so that we can uh, bear uh, much fruit. The key emphasis here that I wanna, I wanna share this morning is Jesus is the focus the vine is the focus and abiding and being connected to Jesus. Not what Jesus can give you, not Jesus' gifts, not all what he uh, might bless you with, but Jesus. Abiding in the vine, abiding in Jesus, staying in Christ. And the only way that you can abide or stay in Christ, the only way that you can stay connected, the only way that you can stay in relationship, in fellowship with him is through the Holy Spirit. It's why the Holy Spirit here is so vital and so key. If, if, just a, a quick paraphrase of this whole thing. Let me just quickly say it. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Isn't that powerful? Verse seven. To the people of God who are abiding in the vine, people of God who have a relationship with Holy Spirit, a relationship with Christ, who are connected in, who are, are, are moving with the life of God being flowing backwards and forwards, who are listening and obeying the word of God, friends, it says here that whatever we ask, it shall be done for us. This is a beautiful church. This is a demonstration of the church, why the church can um, be a demonstration of love a demonstration of peace, a demonstration of joy, because we ask of our Father and His lavish, beautiful heart just comes and He just answers our prayers. It says, glorify the Father by being fruitful. Go and read it. Which proves that you are my disciples, verse eight. Don't you just love that? I love that. Glorify the Father by being fruitful. How do we glorify God? By being fruitful which proves that we are his disciples. Uh, then number three, abide in God's love. Uh, talks about the obeying him, enables us to stay in his love. Filled with joy, and then this incredible, uh, beautiful picture of friendship in God. God has called us to a relationship, not a business transaction, not an employee or a worker mentality, but a friendship, a family relationship. To live in this family relationship, we need to abide in him. That means having a relationship with Christ, communing, fellowshipping, a daily walk with Him, which we need Holy Spirit. Our goal and our purpose in life is to glorify Him. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever I do, eating and drinking, whatever I do, I do unto the glory of the Lord. Um, 
And when we do that, we are fruitful. Um, and then it says, we must stay and move in God's love, which flows from our abiding and our obedience. And then he fills us with joy. Now all of this, to live a Christian life filled with love, joy, and peace. And peace, friends, is because there's purpose. But to live a life filled with love, joy, and peace, we need to be abiding in Christ. And to abide, abide in Christ, we need to have Holy Spirit. So here's my, my, my pulling it all together today and just trying to help us as the people of God. I want to say that when Jesus came to this earth, Jesus comes to the earth, John chapter 4, 5, and 6, you can go and read it. He says, I came to do the will of my Father. So when he came to this earth, his whole purpose and whole plan was to do the will of God. When he came to do the will of God, friends, we can see that Jesus would say to us that I don't do anything other than what I see my father doing. I, 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 I don't say anything other than I see what, see what my father says. And a life surrendered now, uh, Jesus' life surrendered to God is, a, is a, a, a model and a type and an example to every single one of us. In, uh, in um, Colossians chapter 1, I think it's verse 15, where he says he's the exact re representation of God the Father. And in, um, in Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says he's the exact imprint of God's nature. Jesus said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. So Jesus came to do the will of God, and if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. So when we look at Jesus' life, we go, wow. That is what the Father is like. That's who the Father is. That's beautiful. Then in John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus says this, as the Father has sent me, so now I send you. And then in 1 John 2, verse 6, it says, whoever says he abides in him, whoever says he abides in God, must walk in the same way that Jesus did. So now we start realizing that Jesus said, it is far better that I go away and I send the Holy Spirit. Why did he say that? Because we need to represent God just like Jesus did. And the way we represent him well is by being filled with Holy Spirit. Because he, he said to the disciples, wait, don't go anywhere until you're endued with power from on high, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, where you will become my witnesses my witnesses, my testimony of who I am. Friends, God's calling the church back again to that simple place again where he needs us to adjust our hearts and lives, where we have thought that we can just uh, play around, F friends, where we can just say all these words and say we love God, but live a whole nother life and have no power and no authority in our lives as the church and where a spirit of ugliness tries to creep on the bride. The Bible says in Revelations, it says that the bride is making herself ready. Friends, we are peeling off all the ugliness to come back to the simplicity of the Word of God and the Gospel is that we were called to live a life to be the representation of God, to live a life that is just like Christ. We were made in His image. We were made in the image of of God and friends, God's wanting us to now live that beautiful life. And the way we can live that beautiful life is by being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that doesn't just mean I shared with you just a once-off nice experience. Friends, God doesn't want us to be Wenwees. I used to remember back in the old days of Wenwees in the Zim days when we used to talk to Zim guys and say, you remember when? Friends, we don't want to know about remember when. Remember when in 97 I was filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember in, in 2001 when God spoke to me audibly. Friends, God's not interested in that. He's interested in a daily walk with Him. 
He's interested in a daily life, friends. That's why when he said we must pray, we pray from a relationship, our Father. Jesus teaches us the prayer in, in, in Matthew 5, 6, but he also, when he prays in, in John 17, he goes, he starts off with our Father. It's this relationship. And then in the prayer, when he teaches us that prayer, it's give us our daily bread. Friends, we always think we take that. Uh, I love the way how we always lean towards ourselves. And it's like, oh, give me all my nourishment, everything that I need. But Christ is my daily bread. He gives me himself. He gives me my nourishment for the day. Every single day it's a journey or walk in him. But friends, as I shared, the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit, it's not a once-off, it's a continually being filled. So I wanna end this morning with a little bit of time that I've got is simply to say this. How can we stay continually filled with the Holy Spirit? How can we live the way Jesus wanted us to live? And that's what he called us. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you into this world. If you say that you abide in me, then you ought to walk in the same manner that I walk. How do we walk in the same manner? How can we have the same mandate and do what God's called us to be? How can we take the ugliness off the bride so they can truly see who God really, the world can see who God really is, so they can taste and see that the Lord is good? Friends, we need to be continually filled with Holy Spirit. How do we do that? I'm gonna give you four things this morning quickly to, about how we can live continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Because friends, it's about a relationship with Holy Spirit. So we need to be a, a people that are understanding what it means to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. To be continually filled with Holy Spirit is to understand what it means to have a relationship with Holy Spirit. The first one is, just, let's quickly go to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, verse 32. Let me just read that as a basis when I launch off here. Acts chapter 5, verse 32. It says this. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. There if you want to cultivate a relationship with Holy Spirit, if you want to cultivate constantly being filled with Holy Spirit, and when you're filled with Holy Spirit, friends, you're filled with power. If you want a life that the power of God flows through, then the key here is obedience. We need to be obedient, friends. And to be obedient, friends, we need to understand something very, very important. Uh, we all know the scripture, but I'm just going to use it in this context. In uh, Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the rest will all be added. There is an understanding here that before that you can understand the rest that's added. God knows what you have need of, all the stuff in life that God says that we, you know, he knows that we need. But he's saying, that gets added when you do this first key thing. Seek first the kingdom. Friends, who's, what's the kingdom? The kingdom is the domain, the rule and reign of God. It's Christ. It's the authority of God in our lives. As we seek first his authority, as we seek, uh, make him and put him in his rightful place of authority, friends. When we do that and we put him in his rightful place of authority, everything else just comes into line and he adds all the other stuff. So there, when we bring him into authority in our lives, when the word of God is above every single other thing, friends, then we can walk in obedience. Because do you know for every single one of us, just as a, a quick 
a little side trail here. Do you know that every single one of us have our own will? It's the beauty of the reason why God gave us two trees in the garden. People ask that question all the time. Why did God put those two trees in the garden? Why didn't he just not put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in there? The reason why we have the two trees, friends, is because God is a God of relationship and we have to make a choice. And every single day you make a choice. Friends, you can choose. God said you can choose whatever you want. You live for the consequences of your choice. But there is also not just a choice, friends, but there's also God's will. He doesn't want you just to, well, you can choose whatever you want, choose this or choose that. He also wants you to choose his will. So we have our will and we have God's will. You can even see this in Jesus' life, believe it or not. In the Bible, in Jesus' own life, Jesus had his own will. That's why in the garden he could say, nevertheless, God, not my will, but your will be done. You see, and when you have Holy Spirit in our lives, those two wills, my will and God's will, they come together to become one will. That's why, our friends, to keep filled with the Holy Spirit, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you need to have one will. Obedience to the will of God. And when you have one will and you're obedient to that will of God, friends, then you cannot be defeated. The reason why you cannot be defeated is, let me just encourage you, because you have Jesus at the right hand of God interceding for you, and you have Holy Spirit inside of you interceding for you. If you've got Jesus, the Son of God, interceding for you, and you've got Holy Spirit interceding for you, you cannot be defeated. But friends, He will only intercede, He'll only stand in the gap for you. The Son of God and Holy Spirit will only stand in the gap and intercede for you when you're walking in obedience. There has to be obedience, friends. We have to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage the people of God here today. And I want to say that you can try and obtain and get everything uh, outside of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Here's the challenge when you try and do that, friends. You see, God is so good that when we get born again, part of the born again blessing, friends, is the abundance of God, the life of God. But how many know Christians get sidetracked with the abundance and forget about the person of God and also they forget about his lordship? So sometimes they can receive the blessings and live in the blessings of who God is. And I don't understand in the fullness of his love and his grace for us, that he just, we can, that we can get blessed, friends. But outside of the Lordship, but the Lordship is absolutely key in our lives. If we are going to walk this walk of a life filled with Holy Spirit, or a life filled with power, if we're going to demonstrate who God is. Why? Uh, let me explain it this way. And um, I heard Bill Johnson say this once. He said this, we might have said it many times, but I only heard him say it once. Um, he said, do you know that the thief and greed are very similar? See, what happens with a thief is it takes something that's not his. He says, but greed takes something out of season. When we live with greed, when we live with covetousness, we grab something out of season, just like a thief would take something that's not his. They're so similar. Why is that a problem, friends? I'll tell you why it's a problem. Because when you take something out of season, it's not taken in the lordship of Jesus Christ. 
And I want you to know something. That's why the, the world doesn't understand or know the goodness of God. God is so good. Every single one of us are different. Every single one of us have dreams and desires for us uh, to have you know, a wife and a family and kids and, and do a whole bunch of stuff. And God loves all of that. And he wants to give us the desire of our hearts. And he loves to bless us, friends. But the whole point of that exercise is, friends, is all of that is added to us when we seek first the kingdom of God, when we come under his lordship, when all of that is added to us through his lordship, when we get that by being obedient and making him lord of our lives, it's a platform for worship and praise and honor. Friends, I uh, have done these things both the right way and the wrong way. In my life, when I've prayed for something, I, let me use an example currently. Um, I can share this. Um, my, my desire has always been to have a boat. I love the sea, and I want to have a boat. But I can desire that boat so much. I can have such greed and desire it that I can go out there, and I can go and grab it out of its season. And when I bring that boat into my life, guess what happens when I bring that boat into my life outside of the Lordship of God? That boat now begins to compete for my affections. That boat now begins to compete with my time and my life and wants to draw my attention away. But when I'm believing God and praying and under His Lordship and His rule and reign in my life, and God in His beautiful, lavish love and goodness brings that boat into my life, it's now a foundation, a platform for glory and for honor and for testimony to the church of the goodness of God. Look what God has done in my life. This is what he gave me. God is so good, friends. See, I can be completely opposite if it's taken outside of the lordship of Jesus Christ. In order for us to operate and be filled with the Holy Spirit, we must have a surrender to the will of God, a yielding to the will of God. We must be obedient to God and to the Spirit of God. Friends, that is absolutely key. The um, second one is, Ask to be filled. It sounds simple. In uh, Luke chapter 11, I think it's verse 13, he's talking about fathers and how you as fathers know how to give good gifts. And, you know, if you ask, your son asks for, uh, he says different things. I never understand why he used those things, an egg and a fish. And, but anyway, they, probably, they understood it in their day. Um, I was thought would have said if they asked for, you know, a car or whatever. Um, that's probably in our, our day and age now. But I love that he says, but as you Fathers, you're evil and you know how to give good gifts. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So ask. Ask God for Holy Spirit, come, fill me. Come and take control of my life. Come and I yield to you. Um, uh, Luke chapter 9 verse 23 where it says, deny yourself, take up your cross daily and follow me. There's a there's a yieldedness here to God where we just constantly ask Him to come every single day and fill us and fill us and fill us. Come Holy Spirit so that we can be yielded and filled with Him. Um, number three, for time's sake, I'm gonna speed up a little bit. Uh, number three, um, I wanna say is to, to understand and to be filled with Holy Spirit, we need to have eternity in mind. You cannot be focused on this world and live for the now, here and now and be continually filled with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, because He's a part of the Trinity, because Holy Spirit is God, 
Um, God says he put eternity in our hearts. There's an eternal understanding. Why do I say this? Let me give you another quick picture. When we have eternity in our hearts, we understand that we are on this planet for more than ourselves. We are on this planet for him. We also understand that there is a, um, a focus, friends, that we are going to one day be accountable for what we've done with this life. You get one life. And so when we have eternity in mind, we know that one day I'm going to stand before him. And friends, I'm not going to stand before the great white throne of judgment, but I am going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and I'm going to give an account for my life. And when I give an account for my life, when I understand that all my actions that I do are going to be piled up in front of God, Everything of my life piled up there. Not my sin, because Jesus took care of my sin. But everything that I've done, what, not just, um, we didn't just receive salvation, but what I did with salvation. And it'll be piled up there, and then God's going to throw a match. And whatever's left over, the gold, the silver, the precious stones, then I'm going to get rewarded. There's this concept and understanding that we are rewarded for that which that we do for the Lord. See, that's living not just for myself. That's living with eternity in mind. Because right now, friends, you can live with just your focus on daily life, everything that we're doing now today. And, uh, and you can do that, friends, but the Holy Spirit, friends, is not gonna be able to fill you and dwell you and continually be able to flow through you because when you begin to look at uh, just this life, you lose an understanding of the bigger picture because when you just look at this life, it becomes about you. I want to encourage us, and I want to say this very quickly. It's a little picture um, that, I, that the Lord showed me. Do you know that when you have a little baby, um, one of the things that a little baby does is he, um, he puts his thumb in his mouth. And, um, and what that does is um, it actually um, pacifies him. And when that baby comes out, of the womb, and he's given a bottle of nourishing milk. It's like heaven, because he's like, wow, this is so awesome, and he just loves to nourish on the milk of the Word of God, and 1 Peter chapter 2, the early first couple of verses, the nourishing milk of God, but if a baby just keeps sucking its thumb there, friends, it gets no nourishment, it stays a baby. It doesn't grow. It just sits there like a little baby. Little Friends, it needs to be nourished, friends. What's the church doing, friends? They're sitting there sucking their thumb. And guess what it's doing? It's pacifying them. They're becoming passive. They're just little babies. And then you just stay a baby. But we need the spiritual milk of the word. How do we do that, friends? By yielding and living a life filled with Holy Spirit. So I want to encourage us here, focus on the bigger picture of eternity. This is not about you and I. This is about Him. This is about me representing Him well. This is about being Christ, His hands and His feet on this earth. One day I'm going to give an account for that. When I understand eternity and now I'm going to give an account, then what happens is, friends, Holy Spirit can now operate and work through me because I let go of sucking my thumb and I begin to drink from Him and drink from the spiritual food of God, the milk of His Word and who He is. Um, and then number four, um, I've shared you and said impartation. Um, I want to say this. 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit, constantly filled with the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit, to rise up and be the sons and the daughters of God. This whole earth is groaning so that, that these sons and daughters will arise, a powerful people of God, just like the early church, to do the things that Christ did and even greater things than he did. Friends, as they're groaning for us to rise up now and walk in the power and the love and the joy of God. To, you know, as I shared earlier, uh, uh, John chapter 15 is a picture of what the church should be like. The church should be full of love. The church should be full of joy. The church should be full of peace, full of the life of God and full of power. In order for us to do that, we need to be continually filled with Holy Spirit. And the way we do that is by being obedient. The way we do that is by asking constantly Holy Spirit to come and to be filled. The way we do that is by focusing on the bigger picture, not ourselves, but on eternity, what God's called us to do, to walk in who He's called us to be. And, and, and number four is impartation. As friends, I want to lastly say this. I want to encourage you that you need to gather around people, like-minded, understanding people. People that are filled with Holy Spirit. People that love Holy Spirit. People that will come. People that can pray for you, can lay hands and impart to you uh, just a touch from Holy Spirit. People that you can talk to. Because let me say this. When you begin to walk this life, it's a consecrated life. It's a yielded life. It's a life, friends, where it's not just positionally I am holy. All that Jesus has done in my life, now he has made me pure and holy. That's wonderful. It's not just a life of that I am holy positionally, but it's a life where I am holy in conduct as well. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be satisfied. See, it's about a life that's consecrated to Holy Spirit, a life that's yielded to Him, a life that's obedient to Him. Friends, when we do that, friends, at times it can be a lonely life. The reason why it can be a lonely life is because our social life is diminished. I can't just go and hang around and do all the stuff that people are doing. I have to spend time with Holy Spirit. I'm sensitive to Holy Spirit. And I know I've run out of time because I wanted to say this. I wanted to say the two things that guide my life in sensitivity and Holy Spirit is one is Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. It says, do not grieve Holy Spirit. And in um, 1 Thessalonians 5 19, it says, do not quench Holy Spirit. There's this beautiful journey where I don't want to grieve him. In, 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 in Ephesians chapter 4, it talks about no unwholesome thing coming out of your mouth. It's, I don't want to grieve Holy Spirit. I, I, I want to stay in love. Uh, grieving, it, it's when I, I step out of the will of God, when I, I do things that are not pleasing to God. So I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. And, then, and quenching is like a hose pipe where I, I squeeze the hose pipe and I stop the flow of God. So I'm fully aware of that. And if I'm constantly to stay in that awareness, friends, I have to gather around people of like-mindedness, people that love me, people that understand, people that can encourage me, friends. Because Holy Spirit, a relationship with Holy Spirit, communing and fellowshipping in Holy Spirit is greater than anything in this entire world. And so, yes, it's a t it's a, it's, it can be lonely. Yes, it can be quite a tough life. But gather people around you, a family of God, that understand this, that are going after them more, that want more of Holy Spirit, that know Holy Spirit. They're not just after tickling ears, little fancy words, but they want the power of God. Friends, I encourage you to gather around those people. So obedience, ask to be filled, focus on the big picture, and, imp and impartation, gather people around you that can pray for you, that it can impart to you. Um, I've run out of time, I'm gonna have to land. Um, 
what I've been sharing this morning. But I, I want to say that we're living in the most beautiful and the most excellent of times. The reason why we're living in the most beautiful and excellent of times is because the fire of God is coming. We, you have one life to live, friends. We're on the last lap of this race of life. And what are you going to do on that last lap? I'm, I'm smiling a little bit because I'm, when I was thinking about this and I was meditating on it, I mean, it's just my sense of humor and also the God, way God works with me. I just got a glimpse of, of the movie Braveheart. And I just got that picture of, of uh, Mel Gibson with the painted with the blue over his face and he's riding on his horse up and down in front of the people. And he said, if you could come back for one day, one day to have freedom, friends, if you and I could understand that we have one life and if we could bring freedom to this world through our lives, one moment, one day, one person out there that's just calling out to you, one person that needs you in the power of the Holy Spirit, so not be cared about your own reputation, your own life, who you are, your, your importance, your now, but that you filled with the Holy Spirit, can go tell them that God loves them, that you can demonstrate the love of God through a manifestation of healing and deliverance and impartation to their lives, friends. One moment, our life will be worth it. One day, the psalmist wrote, one day in the courts of the Lord, one day is better than a thousand elsewhere. You and I were born for such a time as this. I want to uh, end by praying for us, but I want to say this, that it is now, now, not today, now, now is the time of salvation. Now is the time for you to adjust, make the adjustments in your heart. Begin to ask Holy Spirit to come and fill you so that you can be the person that God's called you to be. Let us pray. Father, I just thank you right now. Now of God. That means no empty rooms. Ephesians chapter 3. To be rooted and grounded in love. To understand and know the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of the love of God. When we know His love, we're filled with His fullness. God loves you and wants to fill you with His fullness. He wants to fill you with Holy Spirit. Lord, will you come into our lives and fill us right now? Holy Spirit, will you saturate us? Will you empower us? Will you empower us to be obedient? Will you empower us to have eternity in our hearts, to never think about ourselves, but to be thinking about your plan, your purpose? Will you empower us to be a people full of love, full of peace, and full of joy? Isn't it interesting that those are actually the character and the nature of Holy Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Just, Lord, I ask that this will be a time where the church, I'm hesitant to say a reset button because reset seems to just start again. But I believe God will take everything and turn it for good. No matter what you, where you've been and what you've journeyed, church, God will turn that for good. But he's asking you to reposition your hearts right now and surrender your life and to say yes to him and to Holy Spirit.
and say, I've been given this opportunity. Time is running out. I was born for such a time as this. I was born to be a powerful, mighty man and a woman of God. I was born to be a son and a daughter. I was born to be led by Holy Spirit. I'm not intimidated. The earth is groaning. The earth is groaning because it needs me to stand up, to arise and shine. So, Father, will you cause your church to arise? Will you cause the sons and the daughters of God to arise and to be the testimony of who you really are. Lord, I ask that the spirit of ugliness would come off the bride, where the world looks at the church sometimes and is disillusioned and disappointed. I thank you, Father, that the world's gonna look and be drawn to the beauty, a bride without spot or wrinkle, a bride that demonstrates the absolute love of God, that God is not out there to harm, to hurt, to kill, to, to, to destroy, to steal. God is there to bless you. God is there to love you. God is there to give you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Bless your people, Father, and Holy Spirit, as you continue to work in their hearts and lives. I thank you for a great week of men and women of God completely consumed by the fire of God, living for you and you alone, Lord God, with such power and such authority. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. Church, love every single one of you. Trust in God that it's going to be an amazing week and that you're going to see the power of God move in your lives. Uh, please, for those of you that are needing um, visitations or um, just a prayer, please uh, contact Jane or myself or the leadership um, so we can come and visit you. We will be going out anyway to do visitations because we love uh, seeing you. We miss you. But also just if you need, whatever you're needing for we can, so we can stand alongside you, please uh, get hold of us. Um, but have an amazing week filled with Holy Spirit. I pray that every single day you will encounter Him in a deeper and deeper way. Bless you. Love you.